Hey everyone, what is up? It is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival. Welcome to podcast episode number 256. Now, if you're a survival gear junkie like me, then you're going to love this week's episode because I'm going to be covering a few items inside of my bug out bag that have the unique ability of serving two purposes, and a lot of times two completely opposite purposes, depending upon what your goal is in your crisis response. Specifically, whether you're trying to get found or whether you are trying to stay hidden or even fight back. Now, it's all coming right up, but first, don't forget to grab this week's free show notes covering all the main points to refer back to at will. All you need to do is head on over to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 256 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk survival gear. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance. And, you know, I love to talk about bug-out bag gear. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, it's also one of the most hotly debated topics online, right? It's also the one that makes me just like, uh, just makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And I get so frustrated over seeing some of these lists that are out there about where everybody is carrying everything but the kitchen sink inside of their bug-out bag. Now, if you followed either our book or our survival workshop, then you know that I'm into an ultra-light approach when it comes to what you pack away for survival gear, especially when it comes to your bug out bag. And one of the ways that you can reduce weight inside of your bug out bag is to have items that can have a dual purpose to them. You can use them for more than one thing, depending upon what the situation is. And one of the things that I talk about a lot inside of the workshop is that is about how bugging out is a lot like a military mission, because you have to get from point A to point B. So you have to get from the threat area or, you know, in, in a survival scenario, it's going to be like your threat area where it's no longer safe there and getting to a place that is safe. A military mission could be, can be completely different than that. Um, however, your goal is still the same. You need to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible, but also as safely as possible. Again, just like a survival scenario, right? And the whole time, you have to use the resources that you have available while you're evading detection and possibly even evading detention, either in a survival scenario by like rescue workers that might, um, you might, there might be a forced detention scenario where they, they have to send people into a shelter somewhere because the area where they were traveling to may have been uh, too dangerous for them to go to. So there could be a, a forced detention sort of thing that way, but it could also be from dealing with people that just want your stuff, okay? And then there are times that you want to have contact with other people, like if you need to be rescued. So if you're trapped on top of a roof in a flood or if you're in your vehicle and you're cut off by a wildfire, or it could even be that you are injured and immobile. Maybe you're trapped under some rubble. So there are, there are things that you want to have so that you can be found when you want to be found, but you also need items where you are, can, can fly under the radar when you don't want to be found, okay? So some of the items I'm going to talk to here are going to be covering this. Now, I have four items for you, and the first one to kind of go along with this is a signal flag. Now, all of these things are actually in the signal category of, of wanting to be found. So a signal flag is essentially um, – there's different ones that are out there. The one that I currently use – actually, I switched over to is really just a bandana, a 20-inch by 20-inch 
100% cotton cloth bandana that's bright orange. Um, and what you do with this is basically you can, there's a lot of ways you can use it to, to be able to get somebody's attention to be able to be found. So on the rescue side of it, you can wave it in the air at aircraft or people that might be in your area that you can, you can do that. It obviously gets people's attention. The movement of it does. You can attach it to something so that you can uh, attach it off to a branch somewhere or climb a tree and get it in a place that makes it where it's actually more visible. You can put it in, in the middle of a field as well. So it could signal a landing area for an aircraft. Um, if it's in the tree, you don't have to like sit there and wave it all the time. You might be able to, uh, an, over, uh, an aircraft going flying overhead might be able to just see that orange patch there. It stands out from everything else around it. That bright orange does, which is why it's used for rescue operations because it is so easy to see, but also it's unlike most, unless it's fall somewhere, right? Um, and the and the leaves are changing. It it looks unlike other colors that are out there in nature. So it stands out. It hits that reticular activating system of the brain, and it stands out. It makes people notice it. Okay. So that's on the signal side of it. Now, what I've done with mine also is I have taken another bandana that is the U.S. flag, um, and I've I've sewn that onto the other side of it. Now, I can use this U.S. flag for a number of different things. So for one thing, I put inside of my book on the survival kit bug out bag is that you can use it for patriotic inspiration. And this was something that I got going through SEER training and talking with SEER instructors is in how to maintain your, um, your mental state. How do you maintain your will and drive to go on? And for those people that are in captivity somewhere so whether it's a, as a soldier you know if we were if we were placed in captivity we were taken prisoner and we were you know even if you're you know you could be tortured you could you could be held there for a long time there are a lot of things that can happen to you there how do you keep that will to drive on well one of the things that we we think about or use is just looking at the american flag remembering what our purpose is remembering what we're fighting for remembering that pride that we have of being an american all right, so now, of course, we have listeners all around the world. Whatever that means to you as far as what you put on the other side, what your national flag is, the whole point is here that you can have patriotic inspiration by having your flag there. Now, the other side of this here is in how to use the U.S. part of the flag could, from a defensive standpoint, could be used for deception. Now, as I talk about in some of my workshops, um, the real threat out there that we have to deal with a disaster after the disaster is really about other people and the predators of our society that we've seen them. We have looters. We have just, just predatory people that want your stuff. Or it could even just be regular people that don't have anything and just need your stuff. And that, So all of these people could be a potential danger to you. So the flag, if you don't have tactical advantage in a situation and it's a, it's a potential conflict there, can either be something that pulls them in that that reduces the conflict by by drawing off that patriotic inspiration of hey we're all in this together, so that would be the first thing I would try. Um, however, it can also be used deceptively to lure people into that where you can then decide if you're going to attack. If these people were truly a threat, it it, it just basically gets them in your space where you can decide how you're going to secure the safety of you and your family, okay? I'll let your imagination kind of take it from there, but nonetheless, tools or gear are really all about how you use them. That's why I like about dual purpose or sometimes even multi-purpose type gear because they, they give you options. And the more options you have, the, more, the better chance you have of survival, okay? All right, item number two 
is going to be a flare gun. So a flare gun is really, actually, really easy. You can get it off of Amazon. I've even seen them in Walmart, okay? Uh, Orion, I think, is the ma main manufacturer of a lot of these now. You can also get them at boating supply stores, places where people would normally want to buy something. Like in the camping section at Walmart, you know, you could get lost in the woods. So they have survival gear there even at Walmart. And one of those, you know, the, the first thing that most people are going to want if they're in a survival situation is to be found and rescued by some other people, right? So that's where you're going to find a flare gun. So these basically use, they're very simple mechanisms. Uh, basically just it's a simple 12-gauge shotgun shell essentially that goes into it that has a flare inside of that, okay? Now these flares actually have a lot of power to them, and you can get them really inexpensively. Um, I think I've seen that at Walmart for as little as like $50. I see them at Amazon. Um, actually, I think the, the lowest I've seen them at Amazon, I think, are more like um, like uh, $60, $70 or so. Um, I have, I have a, a few different kinds of this. And, and what they have is that, that shell inside of there, it burns hot when it, when it shoots out the projectile. So it sends out this flare that burns for about seven seconds or so. But it comes out with a lot of velocity. And it can actually reach heights up in the air if you shoot up in the air for about 500 feet. Now, that's a long way that people can see you, right? So if you want to be found, that's going to, that's going to really help you to be able to do that, especially if you have multiple, multiple uh, cartridges of these that you can shoot one up in the air every you know, few minutes or so that people might notice where that flare is, but they start going to it and they need to know more about where you are, like closer where you are. So putting up another one is going to help you do that. All right, so that can is really going to be helpful. That's why I always recommend that people do have a flare gun because there are times that you do want to be found, and that's one of the best ways that you can do it. And I like the flare gun over the flare pens. The flare pens, you basically they're they're well, they're about like eight inches long or so, and you hold it in one hand and you slap it on the on the bottom with your other, and that's what basically hits that if you want to call it a firing pin that sends it up in the sky there. But I like the guns better okay because they're better they're easier to aim they're they're very um they're they're intuitive to use but then also they make for a really crazy weapon actually when you think about all the power and what what the flare gun actually is it does give you options to use it as a weapon so again it's basically a hot piece of flare heading out burning it's going to burn for about seven seconds or so and it actually has fins on it to make it go straight so as it's going forward or up or any way you want to shoot it, it's going relatively straight and it's going very fast. In fact, it goes out at about 1600 feet per second is that projectile. Now that's faster than a nine millimeter bullet. It's faster than a 357 Magnum. So it's coming out with a lot of velocity there. All right. So imagine if you imagine this thing coming at you, this hot, this basically hot piece of a uh, hot piece of hot, hot object flying at you at the speed of a 357 magnum that's gonna that could do some damage when you hit somebody with that it's certain it could it could catch their clothes on fire like there's a lot that can happen with that flare there all right so um it can actually be used as a potential weapon now and if you want to go one step up on this one of the ones that i have is a polish uh it's an old polish flare gun uh they also it's um you might see them as russian or czech or Polish uh, flare guns out there, they're 26.5 millimeters. And a lot of these are old military surplus weapons that have rarely, rarely been used, or they might have some, some scratches on them and stuff, but they're still, it's a very basic uh, weapon, or I call it a weapon. It's a basic, it's a very basic function of these flare guns. And so they stand the test of time.
And what's really good about this is that, yes, you can use them for flares. However, they also make inserts for these that you can get at places like Cheaper Than Dirt. Um, I think Sportsman Guide might have them. Um, Well-known online shopping uh, shopping areas for this type of gear where they have inserts that just pop inside of them, and it turns it into either a uh, – there's a 22 long rifle insert in it, which is one – that I really like a lot because I, I think the 22 long rifle, especially for bugging out, that's like the perfect round. Whole other podcast on that one, right? Um, but they also make inserts for a 45 ACP, and they also make an insert for the 410 shot shells uh, so that you have the ability to shoot any of those rounds through the old Russian or Czechoslovakian or Polish 26.5 millimeter flare guns that are out there, okay? So now those are a little bit pricey. They're sometimes hard to find. You'll see them oftentimes at uh, gun shows. They might have them available. And look, they can get up to about $150, $200 or so to be able to buy one of these. Now, I do think that it is worth it. Um, these are made out of metal. It will add more weight to your pack as well. So just weigh that out for yourself, no pun intended there, of whether it's worth the, ad the addition for you. But you can get by just with the plastic ones that you get from from Walmart or online, okay? Okay, all right, listen, I have a couple more dual-purpose bug-out bag items that I want to share with you here, and they're both coming right up. But first, be sure to check out this special message. In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug-out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival, don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back, and we are talking about dual-purpose survival gear items for your bug-out bag, and some that even have the dual purpose of helping you get found or helping to help you not get found or even fight back in some cases, right? Okay, so we've already covered the first two, so let's go ahead and jump into the last two now. And the number three is going to be a signal mirror. So these are really, uh, so the signal mirror, if you haven't seen it, it's, um, I don't know, it's about like, like four inches by like five inches or so. It has, it's a mirror, but it also has a hole in the center of it or basically a, a window through the center of it that you can use to be able to shine the, shine the sunlight as a reflection in any direction that you want. So it's used to signal fire, or I'm sorry, aircraft that might be going overhead that you can use to be able to rescue people. And this has been, this has really been used to rescue people. 
And so for the obvious purposes of it, it's useful for getting rescued, right? Um, the other the other use for it though, the dual purpose that I that I use is actually for signaling to people that you to help you uh, the people to signaling to people that are helping you not get found. Okay, so there are a lot of different ways you can use this also, but essentially it's a signaling device. Okay, it's a silent signaling device, and we tested this out in the military one time because when basically we had to carry all of our batteries for our our radios with us. And the very first thing that we always do, the very first thing you do when you set up a perimeter is you establish communication. You establish communication so that you can call in for backup if you need to. You can communicate with other members of your team or of the other units that are out there because these are all coordinated missions that you're on, just like in a survival scenario. So I'm assuming that it's not going to be just you. It's either going to be you and your family. It could be you and your family and a survival team or a mutual assistance group that you're that you're with that you could that you have and um, topic for another time but one of the things we've talked about in other podcasts and in workshops and, and things like that is that you you don't always want to be together like with your family if you can take um, a different um, a different vehicle if you in your survival team obviously you're not going to all get inside of the, the zombie bus and take off to the wasteland so anytime in the military, what we would do, if we were traveling, sometimes we would be on different tracks. So we wouldn't all go as one unit. We might take different routes there. Sometimes it was to be able to look and see where enemy were. So if we came into contact with somebody, it wasn't our entire unit, and the other unit could still respond. Actually, oftentimes even better, because if the, other, the enemy didn't know that you were coming, you could respond um, with a surprise attack to be able to help support the other unit there. But we would take different ways there. Now, one of the things that we tested out was, since we have to carry our radio's batteries with us, what if we're out there, sometimes we were out there for, um, usually if it was training purposes, it'd be like for a week or so, where uh, like in my long range reconnaissance patrol, um, we might be out there without resupply. So the batteries could go dead and if they did, we needed another means of communication. So we thought about what are the different types that we could use. And one of the things that we had used was a signal mirror. And we did this with wellness checks. So um, especially with, uh, with my job as a forward observer, it might be me. It might just be another radio telephone operator that was on like a different observation point. But we would plan it out on our maps where we knew where those points were. And we would do wellness checks. So every 15 minutes, we would, you know, we would try flashing the sun over to that person. It gets a little bit tricky as the sun starts moving around, but nonetheless, it was we were able to use it as an alternative signaling device. So, how can you use this as well? Well, you might also be in an area where you are setting up either a perimeter, whether it is a short-term perimeter on your way from point A to point B, you're bugging out you are, are with your team, but you're all in different locations so that you can stay, like basically not consolidate every, everything where you're at, but you can maintain more observation of a larger area around you, and you can use it for alternative signaling. Okay, so that is one thing you can do uh, to use it for. You can also signal back to uh, like a headquarters. So for example, I mean, it's not like everybody's gonna be waiting around for you, to, you know, looking over in your direction for a flash there from the reflection of the sun, However, because you can basically move that reflection back and forth, you can get attention in areas where you want to get people's attention. So it can be a diversion tactic. It can also be something where you are signaling back to headquarters 
something there might I'm not saying you need to know like a, like Morse code or anything like that, but it might be like a contact to signal. So, you know, you just have if there are people in the area, if there's a threat in the area, it might be one signal. Uh, again, you don't need to know like the entire alphabet of Morse code, but it's good just to know among your team about what those signals might be. Okay. All right. So that's item number three. Item number four, the last one we have here is a smoke grenade. So you can actually buy smoke grenades. They make them for airsoft and paintball. Uh, the Enola Gay is one that uh, I think that's what it's called um, that I've purchased before. Uh, there is one of our, actually one of our, uh, the instructors in our network has been working on this for a while for essentially a military type version of a sm smoke grenade that could be used by civilians. And uh, that's uh, Russ Adler is the one I'll put a, go ahead and put a link over to his website in the show notes as well on the blog. Uh, but he's working on one that's actually going to have more volume to the smoke because the Enola Gays are, are fine. They're really good for signaling actually, because you can get like an orange smoke or I think there's like a purple smoke. So they are good for signaling if you want to get rescued. All right. They also help if in order to be rescued, uh, that's most likely if, if it's like an urban area or if it is an area that is heavily wooded and you can find a location, it's going to be a helicopter that's going to be able to come in and get you. And I can tell you from being a, uh, so there, I did a short stint in the military as a, as a forward observer, as an aerial observer, where I was basically doing my job of reconnaissance and uh, calling in uh, support, fire support, like artillery and close air support and things like that. Um, from an OH-58 helicopter. So I had to go to flight school. Essentially, it's an abbreviated flight school to become like basically a co-pilot, essentially. But one of the things that they need to know, that the helicopter needs to know, is which way is the wind blowing down on the ground, which can be different than is blowing in, in other areas, maybe because the mountains could be that, you're, that are kind of around you, might be the wind might be going around them, might be creating wind shears. Those are all things that a pilot needs to know. And so lighting off one of those, uh, one of the smoke grenades can sh will show which direction the wind is going for them to either land or to be able to hover in that area, all right? Um, so those are the Enola Gays help, help more for signaling. However, as being used as a, um, as a, being able to hide movement, which is the other way that we use smoke grenades in the military, I can tell you that those Enola, Enola Gays, if there's no wind at all, they can be helpful, but there's not a lot of volume that really comes out of them. All right, so it's possible that they could be used at, like for escape and evasion. If, for example, um, it's an ambush of some kind or all of a sudden you start taking fire, you can light these off. And if there's not much wind, it might actually give you enough to actually, well, at least not to be like a sitting duck, right? Where it's just easy to make you out and, and put crosshairs on you. So it might be able to hide you a little bit there, but if there's any sort of wind blowing, it really doesn't do a heck of a lot of good. So I think a larger volume like Russ Adler has been working on, I think something like that, I'm really looking forward to getting getting one of the ones that he's coming up with here because um, I want to see how much volume comes out of them because we use them a lot in the military, all right? So they are very beneficial for a tactical mission, either for hiding hiding your movement so people can't see where you're going, breaking contact, things like that, okay? So I'm sure that you probably don't have all of these. Uh, I'm sure you probably don't have smoke grenades in your uh in your bug out bag. Although I'd be curious which of you actually does. So I'm going to put it out to everybody out there. Listen, I want you to go over to the blog. I'm going to go to the comments area 
And I want you to tell me some other dual purpose items that you have inside of your bug out bag, or maybe even just for your survive in place kit, which should also be your bug out bag anyway. More on that in the workshops that I do. Um, but nonetheless, I want to hear what you, what, what did I miss here? Okay. What are some other items that you have that could be, be able, both be used for, for rescue perhaps? as well as also for being able to defend yourself or protect yourself or stay hidden from other people around you, all right? Go ahead and make sure that you leave me a comment on the blog. I'd love to hear from you, all right? All right, well, that's all we've got for today. And until our next Modern Combat and Serial broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.